Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Are you hearing me? I believe that God is with me. I believe that he'll help me get my job. But, oh, Lord, I filled out 19 applications and nobody's called me back yet. Lord, I really believe, but there's something in me. There's human reasoning that keeps getting in my glass and contaminating my faith. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Is here with us this morning. Uh, the Lord does have a word for you today, and we're very excited about what the Lord Jesus is doing. Uh, anytime that we can uh, glean from the word of God and just receive a right now word, a relevant word that will impact and change our lives, I mean, it's a wonderful day. Amen. Amen. When you can hear the word of God and understand it and understand what it means and, and how to apply it in your life, that is a good day. Amen. Amen. All right, well, turn with me today in your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark 9. We'll, we'll start here today, Mark, the ninth chapter, Mark chapter 9. We'll give you a moment to get to that, and I'll get to that too. Mark chapter 9. We're going to do just a little bit of reading, Mark chapter 9. And this... This is when the Lord uh, has just come out of what we call the mountain of transfiguration when he just turned up his glory before the disciples and they were just in awe in front of Peter, James, and John. And they were in awe of seeing Jesus and all his glory. And the Father uh, spoke to them out of the cloud and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. They realized that Jesus really was or is the Messiah. Amen. And so they greatly rejoice. But meanwhile, down in the valley, that was a popular song, wasn't it? Yes. Meanwhile, down in the valley, the disciples were having a terrible time, frustrated and aggravated and so confused. They were discombobulated and disjointed. I mean, so many things were happening uh, down in the valley. So we're going to talk about that today. And uh, but let's let's pray first. Father, we thank you in Jesus name for this day, for this time that you have appointed and anointed to take place. Lord, I do ask that your presence will just lead and guide us, that your Holy Spirit will just lead and guide us through the word of God today. And Lord, I trust that you would feed your people exactly what they need to know. Today, Lord, we ask and we receive now uh, miracles, signs, and wonders. Let every heart receive your word with perfect clarity and understanding. From the oldest to the youngest, Lord, speak to them directly. These are your people, and we trust you that you would speak a word of deliverance, healing, salvation. So have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. All right, let's start at uh, verse number 14. It says, now this is Mark 9, verse 14. And it says, when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed when they beheld Jesus. They were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. Can you imagine that moment? Oh, there's Jesus. And they just ran and they just hugged him. Hey, Lord, good to see you. Not saluted as in military salute, but saluted as in greeting. Amen. Amen. They greeted him. 
And uh, verse 16, it says, And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? Or why are you talking to my disciples like this? Usually when the scribes would begin questioning people, they didn't have the best intentions in mind. Uh, when the scribes were on your tail, they, uh, they were questioning to embarrass you or to harass you. Uh, they're trying to make you feel like a fool, basically. And uh, let's go on and find out why they were questioning them in verse number 17. And one of the multitude said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which have a dumb spirit. And wherever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Verse 19, he saith, he answereth them, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, and waddling, foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire, and into the waters, uh, to, and, uh, to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us. And help us. Amen. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him. And he was one, he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And verse 29 says, And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. All right, that's what I've read to you, Mark 9, verses 14 through 29. Now, this is, this is a very, very wonderful case. This is another one of those uh, cases in Scripture, what, what I would love. I mean, this is kind of like a big T-bone steak here, and I just love just to get in here and just eat this all up. This is some good word here. And before we're done, uh, we're going to be really praising the Lord about this. All right, there are two things I want you to see here. Now, let's keep your finger or keep your place here in Matthew, and let's go over to the book of, or rather here in Mark, let's go to the book of Matthew just for a moment, Matthew 17, and uh, we're going to see the this, this same account, but Matthew gives us just a little bit more information. I need you to, to hear this other bit of information so some things will make uh, sense to you. Remember, in all I get, and we, we need to get understanding, right? So we can get a good understanding today. And we will really be speaking today from the subject of help mine unbelief or help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. 
as we're still um, in the broad, broad subject of uh, speaking about believing and, and how to believe, right? In order for us to get our miracle and the differences between faith and belief. All right, Matthew 17, Matthew 17. Let's look at uh, verse 19, 20, and 21. This is the exact same account. Are you there? Matthew 17, verse 19 says, Then came the disciples of Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Remember, Mark says, uh, Because, hey, you haven't fasted, you haven't, you haven't prayed, or you haven't, because you have not fasted and prayed. Right. But uh, 20 says in here in Matthew 17, 20, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by what? Prayer and fasting. So we see Matthew adds a little bit more information here uh, to the question that the disciples asked. Now, remember, the, the question was, uh, the question the disciples asked Jesus was, why couldn't we cast this spirit out? Or why couldn't we get this problem to move? Remember, Jesus relates this situation as a mountain, something that is so huge you can't climb over, so deep you can't go under, so wide you can't go around. Here's a situation that was really embarrassing to the disciples. This father comes to them and he is, of course, obvious, obviously upset about his son. His son is possessed with a devil. Today, most would say my son is, uh, I mean, some, for some, uh, their uh, excuse or their remedy for a quote-unquote possession is just to give it some drugs. Just drug him up. He'll be okay. Uh, just give him some uppers, some downers, some lefters, some riders, whatever you got to do. Just give him some of that and he'll be quiet. Right? That, that's there. That's many of our solutions today, especially with defects. That's what they tell you. Put them on some drugs and, and, you know, praise the Lord. But that's another story altogether. But here's his father that is extremely upset about the behavior of his son. His son is possessed by a spirit. And he, this father sees his son constantly under attack. Going the day begins and the day ending. He's, he's constantly uh, under attack by the spirit. His life is threatened by the spirit and his quality of life is really low. And this father's frustrated. He's aggravated. He's in agony. He's in torment because of what's happening to his child. And I don't know about any, any parent that is worth their salt, uh, that is not upset when their child is upset. When their child is sick, they are sick. When their child is worried, they are worried. When their child comes in with the hoo, it makes it, you just can't ignore that. You want to go, what's wrong, baby? What's wrong? What's wrong? Let daddy help you. Let, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? You just can't ignore that. When the enemy is oppressing your child, he's oppressing you. So here's his father that is powerless. He is powerless to effect a change in his child's life. 
And so one day he goes to uh, Jesus' disciples, comes in the town, and obviously he's heard about Jesus and the miracle workings of Christ. And he knows that these are Christ's disciples. They should have the ability to resolve my situation. Hallelujah. Here are some preachers, right? Though Jesus has taught, they spent time with him. They go to bed with Jesus. They walk around with him. They eat with him. They've seen Jesus do all these things. They've been with him for a number of years. Surely they picked up something from Christ. So this man comes to them and says, hey, fellas, I got a problem. My son He's in a bad way. They keep kicking him out of school. He, they, they, he, he, he's in special ed. He, now he's going to another school. And, and everywhere he goes, he gets in fights. He gets ups, upset. He's cussing the teachers out. He's fussing the teachers out. I don't know what to do with my child. Yeah, yeah. Defects is talking about taking him away, saying that I'm an unfit parent. But I don't know what's going on. I make sure he gets all the love he needs, all the food he needs. But there's something in him that makes him act this way. Can you help me? Are you catching the flow of this? And so they get to these preachers and these preachers come 12 disciples, but three are up in the mountain with the Lord Jesus at the time. Peter, James, and John. Three, if you take three away from 12, how many mathematicians do we have? That's right, class. That's right. You get nine, right? Nine. You get nine. Nine preachers there. Nine, of course, and a number of birthing. You know, nine months of the child comes forth. Number of birthing. We could get further, but we don't want to. And so here he comes, one preacher after the other. Oh, I'm sure Matthew said, hey, I can do this. Stand aside. In the name of Jesus, come out. That spirit just looked at him and didn't move. Here comes Luke, and here comes Bartholomew, and here comes Andrew. All of them came one by one, Judas included, and could not make this spirit move. Could not resolve the problem, could not resolve the situation. And so here comes Jesus now coming to the scene. And uh, to make matters worse, before Jesus comes back, here comes the scribes, the haters, coming to them, saying to them, Why... Couldn't you do this thing that you supposed to be able to do? I thought you were with Jesus. I thought you, I thought you served him. I thought you were listening. I, I thought you were anointed with Jesus. What's wrong with your Christianity, so to speak? What's wrong with you? I thought you were saved. Why are you still going through the same stuff if you're saved? Oh, see, now we're coming right down your neighborhood now. If you say you serve Jesus, if you say you talk to him every day, if you say you're walking with him, why can't you resolve this situation? Hallelujah. And so here is the thing. Now the scribes coming, these haters are coming, and they're, they're questioning them, and I'm sure the disciples are full, filled with doubt and worry. I don't know. 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 And so... We get here to this point where the disciples pull Jesus away privately. And there are two things we're going to have to see in this text, two major pictures we're going to see here for the short time that we have today. The first major picture we see here that the Lord reveals to us here in Matthew, Matthew 17. The disciples asked them, ask him rather, Lord, why could not we cast it out? Why couldn't we get this problem resolved? We've been walking with you. We've been talking with you. We've been being with you. We've been hearing your word directly from your mouth. Now, here's something. Thanks, please. Today, you're hearing from a, a little preacher. 
Very little. Thank you, brother. Very small in the scheme of things. But they heard from the mouth of Jesus directly. Today we read from a book, from a Bible. But they heard the words as they were spoken out of his lips. Are you hearing? So if anybody should have gotten the situation, could have gotten the situation to move, they could have, they should have been able to get it to move. Are you with me? But let's look at this. So they were perplexed. They were aggravated. In Matthew, they asked the Lord, Matthew 17, verse 19, they asked the Lord, why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we get this done? Why, Lord? And Jesus says to them simply, because of your unbelief. Because of your what? Unbelief. Unbelief. Now, I want you to see something. Now, go back to Mark. Go back to Mark just for a moment. Now, remember that word? What was that one word that Jesus told them? Come on, talk to me, church. There we go. Unbelief. Let's say it again. What? Now we're on the same page. Jesus said, you couldn't get this to work for you. You're still in the same situation. You're still aggravated, frustrated, discombobulated, confused. This thing is not working for you. Because of unbelief. So the disciples, obviously, Jesus identified something that was in the disciples then and something that was also in the disciples at the time that they were trying to cast the situation out, trying to cast the spirit out. They were in unbelief. Now, I want you to see something here. Now, if we go back here again to Mark 9, Mark 9, let's look at verse 23. Jesus saith unto him, uh, talking to the father, uh, if you can, rather, if thou canst believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but what? But help mine unbelief. So the disciples were in unbelief. And the father was in unbelief. No wonder that spirit said, I'm not going anywhere. Together, they cultivated an at a powerless atmosphere of unbelief. They both had a measure of belief. They both had a measure of faith, but their faith was contaminated with uh, doubts. Their faith was contaminated with human reasoning. You see, when the word of God comes forth, it always uh, con- or it can contradict uh, the things that you have seen or heard or experienced. It can contradict your own experiences. And when they saw that spirit rolling around and growling and foaming at their mouth, oh, you know, all these things, exorcists and all that, you know, spinning around the head. I don't know what was happening with the thing. But they saw that the devil put on a big show. Oh, you know, understand something. Um, you don't so much worry about the devil that's rolling around on the floor that you can see. Uh, the, the devil that has the most power is the one that you can't see. Don't worry about the one that's foaming at the floor. Ooh, devils, devils, demons, ghosts, ghost house and Halloween. Don't worry about all that. Because there are some devils that get right in your supervisor and curse you flat out. You need to pray for those folk there. Are you hearing me? Pray for deliverance. Hallelujah. 
Don't worry about the spinning around of head and stuff floating and poltergeist and paranormal and all this other stuff. Uh, there is enough witchcraft and enough devilment everywhere. Hallelujah. But understand what's happening here. They couldn't get this to move because they were in unbelief and, and the father of the child was unbelief. The one that wanted the miracle was also in unbelief. And unbelief, let's define that just for a moment. We're going to define what unbelief really is and, and really how to stay out of the thing. Are you with me? Amen. Let's look at what unbelief is. Now, unbelief, as it is defined uh, in the Greek, means weakness of faith or the want of faith. Or we can say it means also faithlessness. There's a faithlessness there. If we would look at um our faith container being a, a being just a a clear glass. If I had a glass here, you know, wait a second, I'm thirsty. We see that glass, right? Can you see that glass? How many of you can see that glass? Somebody's seen it through faith. You see what I'm saying? There's no glass really there. You understand that, right? All right, but if we have, if I pick up this glass and I put it here, and it's a tall glass there. Faith. If the glass is filled from bottom to top, overflowing, you'll get the miracle. You'll receive that miracle. But, and if it's just pure faith from bottom to top, nothing added, no doubt, no this, no that, the other, then you'll get that, you'll get that miracle. Are you with me? But doubt means that something has contaminated the faith. It's not pure faith. There's something else in there. And that's what we call unbelief. It is like, it's like the Lord was saying to them, because of the weakness of your faith, this weakens it down. Almost, almost like you got a glass of Coca-Cola, you know, you straight out the can, pop the top, psh, and you pour it in the glass there, and then you pour water on top of that, and water on top of that, you're weakening down the Coca-Cola, right? In essence, you're making that Coke flat. I don't want flat Coca-Cola. Try not drinking now as it is. Praise the Lord. But anyway... So it, the faith is weakened down. It's weakened down. Now, what the disciples were actually doing was trying to build a house of belief, so to speak, on a, found, on a faulty foundation of faith. They didn't completely believe. They believed, but they didn't completely believe it. They believe, but not completely. In other words, uh, unbelief often refers or rather often occurs when a person consciously or unconsciously refuses to um, refuses to accept all of the word of God as true fact. There's something in us. We want to believe it, but, you know, but Lord, I see this. I really want to believe you, Lord, but I see the bank account. You're going to supply my needs, take care of me. Okay, I believe you, Lord. Oh, but God, here's this big student loan bill right here. Lord, I really believe you. I really believe that you will heal my marriage. But here he comes again, acting like a fool once again into the house. Lord, I really, 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 really want to believe you. But, you know, here's the doctor report. Here are my scans. And they still say that there's a measure of cancer there. I hear what you are saying, Lord. And I really do believe that it's by your stripes that I am healed. But it's hard for me to ignore this are you hearing me Amen. so here's the disciples in the same same boat here 
We believe we've got the power of Christ to cast out devils and demons. Jesus gave us the power to do it. We believe it, but look at that thing rolling away and foaming and growling and stuff. Are you hearing me? I believe that God is with me. I believe that he'll help me get my job. But, oh, Lord, I filled out 19 applications and nobody's called me back yet. Lord, I really believe, but there's something in me. There's human reasoning that keeps getting in my glass and contaminating my faith. Are you hearing? The Lord said you couldn't do this because of your unbelief. And remember, the father now has been before the disciples came around. I'm sure he had other people trying to deal with the situation, too. And so after every disciple, one, two, all the way up to the ninth one. Oh, God. Yes, I believe God can do it, but I've seen so many failures. How in the world can I still keep believing God? Some people say, well, I believe God will give me a mate. I believe that he will give me a mate. But, oh, God, all these knucklehead scrubs I've been coming up against. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But, God, I help my unbelief. Are you hearing? Is, is the word plain to you? Want you to understand something because they they couldn't get this mountain to move because there are some if we talk about uh, even um, like uh, washing clothes there are some tough stains that just your regular detergent won't do you got to shout it out you got to shout that thing out put some bleach on that thing are you with me just regular washing just won't get it out you got to break out the big guns. Praise the Lord. And that is one thing that prayer and fasting actually helps accomplish because as we pray and fast, where our mind is more focused on the Lord. And as we focus more on the Lord, we're now putting in, if we go back to that same glass that was Coke in the bottom and then water, and then, you know, it has all of that. And so you taste it. Mm, it's terrible. But now when we focus on the Lord, what we're doing, we're taking our, um, our one liter and we're pouring that into that glass. And the more Coke we put, pour it to that glass the more the water comes out and the stronger it gets 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 right until you drink it and make your stomach hurt anybody know what I'm talking about hallelujah but there's something altogether different we'll talk about this some other time but see that's what you're doing when you're praying and you're fasting you're pouring more of what you believe God for in that container praise the Lord and the more your container fills up and the more pure that is pure your faith becomes, the more uh, power of God is available uh, for you to resolve the situation. Amen. 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 All right. Now, understand something. Belief is a rather unbelief is a result of your lack of complete, full or total trust or reliance in what God said. Something about us. Still says, uh, are you with me? Amen. Mm. Tithing pastor, 10% of my income. Mm. Yes, show me in the Bible. Yes, show me the word. Yes, yes, I see that. Yes, uh, yes, Malachi. Yes, Genesis. Yes, 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 Hebrews. Yes, I see that, but... Hmm. Give and it shall be given unto me. 
How about keep and I'll keep it? I see God's word. I, I hear his logic. I hear his reasoning. And I know what he says is best for me. But hmm, I believe. But help my unbelief. I want to do everything that God said do. I want to love my neighbor. I want to bless those that curse me. But pastor is so hard when she just cursed me out using big time curse words. And I want to say, Lord, bless her in Jesus name. But pastor, hmm, please help me. Are you understanding unbelief now? Because there is a part of us that wants to do all that wants to believe all, but there's still something else that's there. As we said on several occasions, we bring both of those parts to the Lord and say, God, help my unbelief. I want to do what you said. Help me. Help me. Help me. Because there's always a blessing in our obedience to God. Always a blessing in our obedience to the Lord. But if we refuse to acknowledge our unbelief, we'll never receive the miracle. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, we've got to acknowledge the unbelief. Hallelujah. Because there is a blessing on the other side. And we've got to live the blessed life. Now listen, a little bit more, then we're going to go further. And we're just about closing out. Here again, let me reiterate, unbelief occurs when we add our human reasoning. When we walk by sight and not by faith. Right? We're adding, Lord, I hear you, but... Help me out, Jesus. You will supply my needs. Yes. You're my shepherd. I shall not want. Yes. I'm with that. Hallelujah. I'm with that, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. And then you get a phone call. Bring. This is the debt collection agency. Uh, who? This is the debt collection agency. And you owe us $50,000. I believe you, Lord, that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You are my shepherd and I shall not want and I should tithe. I believe you, Lord, but help me. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Amen. Hallelujah. But see, we've got to look past our own human reasoning and pour in more of God's reasoning. It's either God is saying the truth or he's not. We believe that he is true. We believe that his word is true. But there's something in us that is called unbelief. We're getting it. We're getting there. That keeps us from moving this mountain. The only reason this mountain is still here, the only reason the dead is still there, the only reason the child is still acting like that when Jesus got there is because of unbelief. Hallelujah. Now, y'all mighty quiet today. Now, understand something. Now, let's go. We're going to go back and we're going to discuss the man a little bit more. Let's talk about what Jesus said to him, first of all, in verse Let's go back to um, Mark 9. Let's go back to Mark 9. And let's look here 
at verse number 22, first of all. And he says, and oft times, are y'all with me? And oft times it, it had cast him into the fire. That's your child in danger. And, or he said to add into the water. It's either the, the spirit is trying to make him burn himself up or drown himself to destroy him. The child in our day may not be what a child is being thrown in the fire or thrown in the water. It could be uh, thrown into drugs or thrown into alcohol, something destructive, something destructive. And you see the destructive behavior and you know where it leads. And so this father is he's out of his mind with worry. My God, what am I going to do? Because the doctors can't fix this. There's a spirit there. Something that only Jesus can take care of. Amen. Okay. And so I want you to really just get into, get into the father's shoes just for a moment and just, just see what he's feeling and, and going through. And so he says, but if, say if. Yes. Now, anytime you see if, especially in the context of faith, that is the, that is a badge of doubt. If is the badge of doubt. Say that with me. If is the badge of doubt. So we can we can see how his faith is. We can see where his faith is by seeing how by listening to how he communicates. He tells Jesus, if thou canst do anything, if you can do it, if you can do it, I, mm, I believe you. But um, if you can do this now, he's talking to Jesus. Now, we would say today, God. If you can save my marriage, if you can keep me from bankruptcy, if you can keep my house from being foreclosed on, if you can keep that repo man that's jacking at my car right now, if you can do that, if you can do, you understand what I'm saying to you now? He said, if you can do it, look at there, if thou canst do anything, if you can do it, Lord, he says, have compassion on us and help us. Now, he wouldn't be asking for help from the Lord unless he believed. Unless he had some measure of faith. He still wouldn't be in the Lord's face. So he still yet believes. But his faith is contaminated. And so he uses the word if. He wants to believe. You can hear it in his voice. He wants to believe in Jesus. He want, I really do want to believe this, but I'm looking at that. So Jesus sees where he is and has a remedy for the situation. And Jesus said unto him, now here's this thing we're going to really end. We're going to end here today. There's so much more. We're going to end here today in verse number 23. Jesus said to him, if thou canst believe... All things are possible to him that believes. Now, this verse is broken down really in about four categories. This takes you through a just a whole gambit of emotion. Now, the default position of the father right now, of this man here, he is upset. He is frustrated, right? Uh, he is disappointed. The disciples couldn't do it. I was really hoping that they could help me out. And they couldn't do it. So that's where he is right there. And Jesus says to him, if you can believe, you can make a note there or you can put a, a what well, has a comma there in scripture. Or you can make a note and just highlight that first section. If you can believe those four words, if you can believe, you see, that part is called the problem. That's why I'm in this mess, Jesus. 
Jesus said, if you can believe. Now, to believe means to be totally and completely convinced. Remember, remember that believe, uh, to believe means that you will, uh, believing rather, is an act of the will. You make a decision to allow yourself to believe this. But most people will not do that because they've been disappointed before. They say, I've tried, I've been in a relationship, but there have been so many bad ones, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can give my heart to another. I've tried this and I've tried that and I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. So they begin to refuse to believe. They, in hope, at, at sometimes hope becomes a bad word, right? Especially if you've been trying something and trying something for so long and you've been trying it and, it and you finally come to grips. I guess I'll never have this. This will never work for me. I'll just just lay it down. But then somebody comes up and says, no, there's another possibility. And you're like, mm, no, 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 no. I'm through with that. I'm, I'm done with that. I don't want to get into that anymore. Hope becomes a bad word when you want to be through with something. All right. Jesus says to him. If you can believe, if you can open your heart and allow my words to come in, if you will do that. See, that's the problem here. If you can believe. Secondly, uh, it says here, the second part of that phrase says what? All things are possible. That's hope. The man has seen disappointment. He has seen it. But Jesus says there is hope. Because it's now possible. Jesus looked at the situation and says, yes, it's possible. Yes, it's possible that the marriage will come together. Yes, it's possible that you get your job. Yes, it's possible that you come out of bankruptcy. Yes, it's possible. There's hope. See, first of all, there was a problem if you can believe. Then he gives them hope. It's possible. Are you hearing? Let's look at the, uh, the final phrases here. Uh, he said, all things are possible. He says, to him that believes. Or to, we can say, to those who believe. That's the challenge. See, there is a problem, there is hope, now is the challenge. If you will allow it in your heart, you can have the thing that you've been wanting. If you would allow this to happen, if you will open your heart again, if you'll open your heart to the new relationship. See, a lot of people have really had there have been some really bad experience in churches before. And some people say, well, I'm not going back to church. And, you know, or the pastor um, uh, upset them or the usher upset them or someone in church upset them. And they said, I'm not going back to church again. But then they hear about a church. A little old metal building there on Heldon Road. With the little preacher with glasses on, who tries his best to preach the word and live for the Lord. And they hear hope. Somebody says, you ought to come down to my church. They say, hmm, Lord, I've been hurt before. For the Lord saying, if you will open your heart again, if you'll open the gates of your heart to receive, if you will do it again, it's possible. Do you, you understand that you can get that word? Amen. So we said all things are possible to him that believe if you would just open the gates of your heart 
and live again. Because a life with clo- live with closed doors is empty. It's unfulfilling. If we only live in a safe place where the walls are safe and secure and no one hurts me, and, you know, then that's a life that doesn't, there's no living there. It's kind of like one of my favorite movies, Nemo. Y'all know about Nemo? Remember what Dora said? How many y'all know about Nemo? Y'all know about Nemo. Come on. Y'all should know about some Nemo now. It's coming out again in 3D, I think, in uh, this year. The same movie, just in 3D. But Marlon, Nemo's father, says, uh, you know, in so many words, I've been trying to keep my child safe. And, and Dory says, well, if you do that, you know, if you never let him experience anything, he'll never have any experiences. He'll never live. You've got to open up your heart. In order to live, you have to open up your heart. You've been hurt. You've been damaged. You've been wounded. But a life that's lived back in the corner in safety is not living at all. Open your heart to believe again, to trust again. Now, who is this man trusting in now? Is he trusting in the disciples? No, he's trusting in Jesus. And that's exactly where Jesus wants you to be. Jesus says, trust me. He says, I know what you're seeing. I know what you're facing. I know what the bill collectors say. I know what the bank says. I know, all, I know what all of them are saying. But Jesus says, trust me. Open your heart to believe again. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.